Welcome to HBW's Over the Counter podcast. I'm David Ridley and I'll be chatting with industry experts and insiders about the latest trends, issues and intelligence in consumer healthcare. In this episode, I catch up with Director General of the Association of the European Self-Care Industry, Jurata Schwarzeiter, to find out about the Association's upcoming annual meeting. Taking place in Paris, France, between the 22nd and the 24th of May, the meeting begins with a networking cruise along the River Seine and ends with a series of participatory workshops on key and trending topics like probiotics, Rx to OTC switch and sustainability. Along the way, delegates will hear from insiders and experts on how the new EU pharmaceutical legislation and a raft of incoming environmental regulations will impact the region's self-care sector. Attendees will also find out about how consumers and industry leaders are shaping the future of Europe's consumer healthcare sector. Hi, Irati. Thanks for coming on uh, Over the Counter podcast. How are you? Hi, always a pleasure, David. I'm, I'm, I'm quite good, even though very, very busy. Mm, I can imagine. So one of the things you must be busy with is the preparations for the annual meeting that's coming up in May. Uh, would you like to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so definitely an exciting one because we expect this is going to be the first one uh, post-COVID with no restrictions anymore in place. So we hope to have a full house and to attract uh, many of our members and beyond. Uh, We are organizing it in Paris, which also coincides uh, with the 50th anniversary of our French member. So it's also a very nice occasion to be uh, be in France. for basically to celebrate the industry a little bit. One of our big members, Sanofi, is also headquartered in Paris. So there are a lot of good reasons to be uh, to be there. And definitely the, the, the preparations are all sort of all good. Uh, we are securing speakers as we speak. I think we have a very nice program. Uh, it's a bit different than it was before. So we are offering uh, two completely different days. So first one is going to be more uh, keynote speeches um, and information on the latest trends of industry, while on the second one we hope to provide the opportunity for participants to dive in in more uh, in, in the topics deeper and, and engage in the discussions and hopefully maybe even identify some um, homework for AHDP uh, post-conference. Yeah, I've had a, a quick look at the uh, the program. It looks great. And just to say, yeah, it'll be exciting to celebrate um, the French Association's uh, anniversary as well. We've been doing a lot of work with them and they seem to be very busy. Um, they've done a lot of great stuff recently. Yeah, indeed, they are quite busy. Uh, I mean, for, 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 for the good reasons as well as not so good, because I think let's not hide that France is not the, the, the most, let's say, a uh, welcoming uh, country in terms of regulatory landscape. And I'm sure since you follow the, the European um, landscape quite closely, I'm sure you have seen that uh, quite some challenges are originating in France. So we also hope that this is going to be an opportunity to strengthen the relationship with the local stakeholders, with the, with the regulators as well. And let's hope that we can uh, sort of bring the solid um, feedback from the industry, which is going to be to, to help our national association in their in their local uh, activities. Indeed. Um, so should we just quickly have a look at the programme together? So you've got um, what looks like a very uh, exciting, uh, maybe even kind of romantic opening evening cruise along the Seine. That's 
that I'm looking forward to that quite a lot. Yeah, that should be nice. And and as they say, Seine is the is sort of the main avenue of uh, Paris, if you wish. So I mean, all the main landmarks are going to be opening up in front of us while we sail over Seine. Uh, this is also going to be an evening where um, we we hope will be an, a perfect networking opportunity. We already had a chance to meet uh, to meet each other in Madrid. Um, however, the meeting was not uh, as well at, attended as it was in the past. So we really hope that uh, the interactions on the Seine will be much more richer, just because uh, there will be a big crowd of of people um, enjoying their enjoying themselves and enjoying the company of each other. Yeah, I mean, it would be great. But the, to mention Madrid, even though, like you say, it was maybe difficult for a lot of people still at that point to go to Madrid. It was a great conference. It was really nice to see everyone. Uh, nice to be back again. So then we've got um, obviously the opening on the next day, but we've got a kind of major first session on the EU pharmaceutical regulations review. That's uh, obviously going to be a, a very large bit of work for the HGP coming up over the next couple of years? For sure, and it is already, because we have been working uh, together with, uh, with the European Commission and we have submitted uh, sort of our expectations uh, before they started making the proposal. So we very much hope that when the proposal is out, um, which is now scheduled for 29 of March, that some of our, um, some of our sort of uh, proposals are taken up we expect some of the simplifications regarding the regulatory uh, requirements to be um, lifted, for example, because some of them are not making sense given the, the changes that occurred over time. But definitely this is one in the lifetime. The last time we had this review was 20 years ago, uh, and we know that this is most likely going to define how we operate as an industry uh, for the next 20 years to come. So this is definitely a big one. Uh, we already secured the, the head of unit of the commission to come and, and speak and present the proposal to us. So this is going to be definitely a great opportunity to, to, to discuss uh, with the most important stakeholders in the process of, um, let's say, what is good in their proposal and the shortcomings and hopefully get heard and get our message across. Yeah, and of course, for us, it's sometimes difficult to make the link with these large, you know, sector-wide pieces of legislation as to how it will impact the consumer health sector and, uh, and you know, OTC medicines. But so th it'll be really good to make that connection in that uh, session and hopefully we'll get some good, um, you know, questions from the crowd and stuff to, to maybe drill into it a bit, especially if we've got the, you know, the commission representing there as well. Uh, and then... We've got a session on the environment, obviously still a, a big topic. I don't know if you feel that maybe with the cost of living crisis and inflation and stuff, it's it's maybe falling off the agenda, uh, but maybe so it's good to have that there just to remind everyone just how important that is. Uh, definitely. And it's not it's not going away anywhere. Uh, I mean, fortunately, because as a citizen, I think this sort of movement to a greener way of uh, doing things uh, is good. I think the main message here, and, and this is the concern also if you talk to the, um, to the global company uh, headquarters, for example, is the speed of things and the complexity of the things. So we are dealing today with the revision of Urban Wastewater Treatment Directive, where we are caught by extended producer responsibility. Uh, we are dealing with the packaging um, directive revision. 
we have three categories of products, uh, food supplements, medical devices and medicines, where they are not treated equally. Um, we are going also, as I said, we are going to be looking into a proposal for the green claims uh, coming from the Commission. In the pharma law, we expect a lot of provisions on the environment. So honestly, it's a very, very big thing. It's almost like this green ambition that EU has is reflected in every law. In every revision, you have sort of to tick the green props. So definitely it's a big one. Uh, main concern we have is really with the speed of things and with the balance. So I think today it feels that the environment trumps everything, uh, while in the past we thought that health <laughs> trumps everything. So I think it's how do you how do you balance between health and, and, and environment? And not sure if today we can say something has to come first, but it's more how do you keep the, the, the sustainability beyond the environment. It has to be sustainable from health system perspective, from social uh, system perspective, and then environment is one of the elements of sustainability. So we hope to explore all these complex topics in, in this session, and it's definitely number one priority at the, at, at you, in Europe and also for ASGP. And we just uh, have done our uh, sustainability strategy internally as well. It's one of the, the, the pillars of our uh, global strategy. So definitely something that will, will, will keep us busy going forward. Hmm. Yeah, I don't doubt that. Yeah, I suppose that's the thing. Um, consumers may be, you know, kind of having their attention, um, you know, pulled in lots of different directions at the way and, uh, at the moment. But I think... You know, given the scale and ambition of the of the European Union's, you know, environmental legislation that it's pushing forward, and it's great. You know, it's great to see that EU is really going for it. There's no delay. But yeah, I mean, it's companies are at the forefront of that, aren't they? Because it's they're going to have to change a lot of the way that they do things, and it's whether it's sustainable for them in a different way. You know. Yeah, and I think we also have to go back to the the ambition is to be toxic free by 2050. And I always remind uh, myself and the members, we are chemical industry. So toxic free is almost unattainable goal because chemicals are chemicals. So I think it's how do we reach this toxic three goal with actually making sure that we continue to provide treatments to people that help them to live um, healthy, but also lives where uh, symptoms are managed and you feel well, not only that you are alive. Exactly. And so, as you said, this is another huge uh, topic, but then you've got the next session on another massive topic, haven't you? So digitalization. So it's, it keeps on coming on the first day. Yeah, so that's the idea of the first day is really to give the big industry trends. And uh, so, I mean, the title says uh, me, myself and Internet, but we hope to go beyond just Internet. So the idea of the session is really to look into the trends that are shaping our industry uh, arising maybe from the consumer behaviors. So we intend to have a discussion, for example, with the main uh, internet search provider, being Google, on actually what the consumers are looking for on the internet when they look for self-care. So this is going to be an interesting one because we know we have seen and we have done the study back in 2020 where we saw that interest in self-care was rising in the last five years. And it had a peak. It had peaked in the COVID because obviously we all were sent home to to take care of ourselves. So we just wanted to see and hopefully confirm that that interest stays, that that we have developed this behavior, 
but we will have also other speakers like um, IQ colleagues is go are going to look and, and, and share the latest work which we have done together with them on looking in the market data um, in the product category. So we have done the project with them where we split it uh, and have looked into medical devices, self-care medical devices data, and we, we can see how they are doing compared to other product categories, notably non-prescription medicines. So it's an interesting one because normally when you look in the data, you look in therapeutic categories, cough and cold, digestive, vitamins, but we haven't had a cut off. Uh, so how do medicines perform over medical devices, over the food supplements? So it's also an interesting one to look into what do the categories mean to consumers and are there any trends looking into do some category perform better than the other. So I think this is also an interesting angle which we will be able to explore. And then, I mean, obviously, we will talk about the Internet pharmacies and, and going online and also uh, another interesting topic to explore. Do the consumers look for greener products? Uh, is it what drives sales? So, I mean, this is all going to be sort of um, discussed in this in, in this session. Yeah, that sounds really interesting, like you say, to, to get some more fine grained data, because what we're seeing a lot of is you know, kind of very broad um, market research on ingredients or categories or, you know, return of cough and cold, these kinds of things. But yeah, I think we need to now know exactly what's happening. Um, and I think also, you know, it's been interesting, the PAGB did some, did a survey about self-care and they're finding that maybe some of that initial uh, behaviour change in a positive way is Oh, it's not. I don't think it's going anywhere, but it's maybe not expanding at the same rate as it was during COVID. So you know, we want that to continue, don't we? Yeah, we want to. We want for sure that to continue. Uh, but I guess, as always, it stabilizes somewhere. So hopefully, it stabilizes above what was before COVID. But I think we have the. Ex I mean, also we we are going and we are in the a bit of economic downturn. So we also have to recognize that uh, when it comes to self care, it also goes back to costs. So this is where I think we also see that sometimes the choice of going to see the doctor or go to the pharmacy may be driven by the fact: is it out of my pocket or is it out of my taxes? So that's also something which we have to acknowledge that. This economic situation which happened post-COVID is not helping our case that much. Yeah, that's very true. And then the final session on the first day, um, leading the change, maybe you can explain a little bit about what that um, entails. That sounds quite interesting. Yeah, so the, uh, I mean, <laughs> this goes back to the situation which we are in, which is constant uncertainty. So, I mean, we had COVID, we thought it could not get worse. We have a war. Uh, uh, sort of in Europe, uh, we also have the, the growing trade tensions. We thought that global world is the future and it's not anymore. So we actually want to pick up and bring on stage the, the leaders of the, of the companies to discuss what does it take and what the challenges they have uh, today uh, and to look into, you know, how do they deal with it and how do they see this going forward? Being this in France, uh, we also know that the ambition of the French government is to reshore certain industries. So a little bit different maybe from the general European views we see sort of made in France and we see a lot of uh, willingness from the government, for example, to invest in certain ingredient manufacturing in, 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 in the country. So it's also how do you sort of how do you keep, keep this national being a multinational company? How do you accommodate this sort of 
national uh, drive for um, for being, being sustainable uh, in, in going forward? And at the same time, how do you sort of drive the, the, the global agenda of the companies? So I cannot tell you much more than that. It will all depend on what are the on the minds of our our speakers. But we hope it's going to be an interesting one and hopefully also interesting for themselves uh, just to discuss how they all approach this. And, and hopefully we will get some uh, some learnings and, and key messages on, on what's on their mind and, and what do they think is the is the next big thing for the industry or, or what are the challenges of actually leading the company today and navigating through all these national global tensions and all of that. Yeah, that would be really exciting. It's always good to hear uh, directly from the companies, I think, um, you know, how everything's shaping their priorities, you know, what they're thinking about strategically. And of course, yeah, this whole thing about reshoring, I'd love to hear more about that. I mean, it sounds, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's completely in a new direction, isn't it, from from the past, um, but maybe maybe would help with things like sustainability, resilience in the future. But I mean, what that looks like in practice is another thing, isn't it? Exactly. And I think for me, it's reshoring, unless it's diversifying, it's also not making sense. So I think it's we should be rather talking about diversification of the supply chain and of the of different elements uh, rather than than reshoring. And also, let's not give ourselves a fake sense that if we bring build a factory in Europe, that it's it makes sure that we not necessarily have the starting raw materials. So we also have to recognize that starting raw materials are geography specific, and we we still have to live in the global world. And I mean, if there's a if there's a natural disaster happening or or anything of a disaster, I mean, we will feel the consequences. Mm. So I think this whole reshoring thing, I understand where it's coming from. I understand it's nice to have things in your own territory, but just the way we have built things and industries they respect no borders and they actually need the borders to stay open to operate i hope you're enjoying this episode of over the counter so far don't forget to follow pharma intelligence podcasts on apple podcasts google podcasts soundcloud spotify and tune in Also, check out HPW Insight at hpw.pharmaintelligence.informa.com for all the latest health, beauty and wellness news and intelligence. Keep listening. This episode continues now. So that's quite a first day. Um, And then we've got the second day you mentioned earlier, slightly different approach. Um, You've got two tracks with, um, you know, workshops rather than, um, you know, just speaker panels. That that sounds great. I'm really excited to see how that works. So actually, this idea came also from the feedback we received from participants to previous events. uh, And we recognize that we have two group of people that attend normally our events. So it's people that are more in business functions, uh, being sales, general managers, marketing people, and then having uh, our regulatory uh, breaks in the conference as well. So that's the way we designed two tracks is to cater for these two audiences, because uh, some of them commented that when we had the regulatory session, it was boring. And uh, for some others, they were saying that these things, I mean, they are nice, but 
it doesn't do anything for them. So that's how we try to, to address the two. So the idea also looking into the, for example, regulatory track, we try to cater um, all the three product categories which we cover. So notably food supplements, medical devices and, um, and medicines. Uh, we will look into some of the challenges of implementing medical devices regulation, um, look into neutral vigilance system that uh, is in place in some countries uh, for food supplements, and look, for example, in the switch for the um, uh, for the for the medicines. We just had last week an advisory switchboard uh, which we have set up, and we are expecting a very exciting report which would point to why we don't have. Uh, that many switches these days, and hopefully we will discuss the content of this of this report in the workshop. What comes to the business session, we want to explore further e-commerce. We are working on the paper internally at AHGP on the e-commerce, and hopefully we will discuss the findings of that paper. We not necessarily favor e-commerce over uh, brick and mortar. We want to actually make sure that our products are presented in the best manner, that we avoid fraud, that there is uh, right information to the consumers to do the right thing once they take the, 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 the product at home. So uh, that's one. We also will uh, discuss, um, for example, the green claims, because as I said, we will look into the environment. We know that green sells today. Uh, and it's also about how do we keep um, trust in our industry by claiming the right thing as well. So I think that this is, I mean, this is also a very important topic uh, for us. And I also want to say that we are working together with the, with the GSCF, um, our global uh, federation, where we want to also pause, because if you remember well, I think you attended our regulatory conference where we launched the GSCF Charter for Environmental Sustainability. And this is a sort of, I mean, it's not one year, it's one year and a half after the launch. But this is the time where we want to pause and look into the results. Uh, we have been first asked for pledges, and now we have been looking into what has happened in the year's time. And hopefully we will be able to present sort of what has been achieved collectively in one year. And we also are looking for new, uh, new companies to, to subscribe and to pledge. Uh, because um, GSEF and ourselves, uh, we have members of as a multinationals, but there are a lot of, I mean, our market is still not very concentrated. So in order to speak on behalf of the industry and to push for a positive change, we need more, um, more companies pledging. So hopefully those that are going to be attending our conference that are not necessarily directly in our membership will feel more comfortable to engage after this. And, and come forward with the, with the pledge, because I'm sure there is no company today in Europe that does not think about environment and, I mean, either voluntarily or just because the regulators are demanding them too. Exactly. And yeah, we've written about that in the past. I think for smaller companies, it can seem quite overwhelming. Um, and then also just because you're smaller, you haven't necessarily got the same resources in terms of you know, money to spend on it or experts in your own company, etc. So, um, yeah, I think they, they need to be, they need to feel like they can be a part of it, don't they? Yeah, exactly. And I think we still have a spirit of, uh, of the charter where everyone pledges what they feel comfortable to. So we are not pushing any kind of uh, golden plated solution or one standard. We want to make sure that as an industry, we all recognize that this is important and we do what we can do. And maybe 
maybe in the year's time or, or five years, we will be able to say, okay, collectively we are here. Maybe we can have a 10-year ambition to be somewhere else. So that's that's really the idea to start by actually understanding where where is the starting line collectively. And of course, it's really important to uh, be able to measure where you've got to, isn't it? Because this is the difference between a, a greenwashing type exactly. claim or strategy where you say you'll do this and then you don't actually do anything uh, or you don't even just don't report on it uh, in a transparent way and a, and a one that's really going to make a difference. And of course, you know, it's good that you have the associations like ASGP working with companies to make sure that, you know, this sector is doing it properly and you don't get any of that negative backlash later on. Exactly. And I think we are dealing with quite special products. I mean, normally you take uh, self-care products because actually you have a health concern or you want to feel better. So I think we don't want to actually undermine the trust in the products just because, uh, you know, some green claim or, or whoever decided to do something which is not uh, in line with uh, what should be done. So I think the idea here as well is it's very appealing to, 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 to claim green things, but let's make sure that we support uh, the industry um, in a way that it builds trust rather than undermines. Great. Well, I mean, there's a lot to look forward to there. Um, so, you know, HPW Insight will be there and we'll be reporting on it. But I don't know if you want to just say, you know, how uh, people that are interested in going, how they can sign up. So just go on our website, ASGP.org. Uh, the all information is there. Uh, I mean, we will have an exciting program, as you heard. Uh, we also will have plenty of opportunities to interact. Um, if you haven't seen your colleagues in a while, I think this is an added value of these events where it's so much easier sometimes just to ask a question in person. Uh, there will be also an opportunity to interact with regulators. So I think it's just uh, one not to miss and hopefully uh, all the restrictions are out of our minds and we can enjoy each other's company uh, without uh, masks, without anything. And uh, this is uh, one of the one of the many to come. Brilliant. OK, well, thank you very much for coming on and telling us all about it. And, um, you know, we'll see you there. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Over the Counter. Listen out for more episodes every two weeks and check out the further reading section of the article published on hbw.farmerintelligence.informer.com for related news and intelligence. And don't forget to follow, share and comment on Farmer Intelligence Podcasts on the platform of your choice. See you next time.